this is the Fat Boy Show, and I am Fat Boy here with Olive. I hope you're having a great week. This is day two of the week. Tuesday it is, and it's the 23rd of March, 2021. Now, you know when people think of politics in this country, I wouldn't blame you if you thought there were only two political parties, but there's actually many others. Yeah, it's not just NRM and NUP. There is also a party known as UPC. Have you ever heard of them, Olive? <laughs> you had forgotten. In my primary, eh. it was a party of great renown. Right now, I forget it exists. Uh, do you remember their slogan? No. Nah. Come on, the okay, their chant. No. Nah. Yee! <laughs> eh, eh, UPC. Oh, eh. oh, UPC. Really? <laughs> oh yeah, that was the that that, that was the, the chant and uh, never have I ever heard of it. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's how ancient these guys are. Mm-hmm. But a former aspirant for the UPC party's presidency has sued the leaders of the two factions of the party. In a March lawsuit filed at the High Court, Joseph Pinitek Ochieno contends that Peter Walubiri and Jimmy Akena are in the leadership positions illegally. Ochieno, a former UPC spokesperson who contested for the party's presidency in December 2020, seeks to block Akena from presenting himself as the party president and also quash Walubiri's election. Ochieno alleges that Akena has continued to conduct party business and occupy the party headquarters at Uganda House despite a court of appeal ruling that nullified his presidency in September of 2020. He also accuses Walubiri of not doing enough to force Akena out of the party headquarters, adding that the duo have been involved in divisive politics that has left the party in the shadows of national politics. That's true. Okay, I don't know about the other allegations, but they are truly in the shadows of national politics. I saw an article about FDC. They're also facing the same existential crisis. Actually, Um, you can easily forget that they exist. So yeah, I think uh, in Uganda, politics will always be a duality. It'll always be Museveni versus whoever seems to be the strongest challenger against Museveni. And anyone else is rendered irrelevant. Even Besije seems politically irrelevant. I follow him on Twitter. Mm. His tweets hardly get engagement anymore. No one seems to really care what he says. He's like, for for all the years, he put himself in, in the line of fire. Uh, it looks like his supporters have jumped ship and have switched to Bobby Wine. Do you honestly believe that uh, 100% of the times he put himself in the line of fire, it was to the benefit of Ugandans? Well, um, you know, I'm not sure that I'm keen to delve into consp- well uh, speculation at this point, but <laughs> others have said, yeah, maybe he wasn't exactly on the opposing team. Uh, okay, I won't. There are people who, who go that far. Is that no, what you're trying to do? No, no, no. That's not what I'm trying to do. I I truly believe that he was really opposition, but sometimes I felt that he would overdo it. Like the rate at which he was risking his life, even where it was uncalled for, uh, always left my mind. I think uh, he really is the progenitor of what one might call tear gas politics. Yeah, he birthed the idea. You know. Because I think he must have noticed, like after his first altercation and arrest, the fact that it would get front page news all the time, it allowed him to remain in the spotlight for for so long. And it happened so many times that he even became known for mostly that. He's the guy that's getting arrested and getting tortured and getting whatever, uh, to the extent that 
uh, he up to this day wears a hooded t-shirt which really That's symbolizes ugly, ugly 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 thing it's like I, balam's t-shirts i would have thought <laughs> and hasn't it been at least a decade since that incident where someone smashed in was it was that the time where someone smashed in his car window sprayed pepper sprayed his face i don't remember the year i think that was it it's not during the 2016 campaigns was it could be it could be and then there was a time he was sprayed with um, some pinkish substance well the fact that to, to this day every time he speaks in public he still comes out in that same checked blue hood maybe that has become his trademark look i see and that's where we fail um and, and yet when he's attending events at harvard where his son his son goes to school he's in a proper suit <laughs> yeah so that Maybe that's an indication of just how seriously he takes us. But um, that said, you know, tear gas politics, and obviously it's been inherited by, uh, you know, other political challengers. Patrick Amorieto Boy, Robert Chagulani Saint Amour, to name. It almost. Do you think it almost became a race as to who got tortured more? Like, was <laughs> was that now the measure of your? credibility as a, an opposition politician the honest truth is that i can't really uh, put the opposition politicians on the fence because sometimes police really swoops in where it's uncalled for and mishandles manhandles these guys but sometimes i've and i've had allegations that especially where when they were out of town where there were no that plenty of cameras when we would wake up to let's say videos of bobby wine saying or they refused us to enter our hotel or they refused us to enter the town that sometimes it was because whatever happened sometimes happened because he was being big headed that he was told show up with this number of people he shows up with 150 and they're like you're not entering we have you've not yet been cleared to enter the town so why is and he showing like, up and he's like i must enter why I is have he to be here so why is he being told how many people he can come with Uh, it you remember it was those covid-19 guidelines sops and what not yeah. so yeah there are times when the pol- the forces are actually in the wrong and probably most of the time but there are times when these guys opposition politicians try their patience well um i just uh, wonder about the fate of uh, these uh, opposition political parties it seems like unless and until you're viewed as a direct competitor to Museveni the public no seems to not even care about your existence or what you're doing i don't know how well upcs do they even have anyone representing them in parliament yes they do they do they actually have people that uh, won on their ticket oh okay uh, well that's good it's mogisha um, montes party that never got a representative at all I guess uh, it's for these uh, politicians in in these various opposition parties to decide on how to position themselves at the national level. I think uh, Noop is definitely hogging the spotlight currently. But you see, um when these political parties that have once been the rage are now uh, almost non-recognizable they've had their fair share of recognition in the past for instance UPC 
under Obote was a huge party. DP under Paul Mwanga and Kawanga Semwagerere was a big party. So it means and all FDC, these... But it's all about the faces. The, so it's a cult of personality. For, exactly. For every, every political party seems to be based on a cult of personality. So Unfortunately. If, if without Obote, there's no UPC. Without uh, Semwagerere, there's no DP. Mm-hmm. Without Besige, there's no FDC. And I think that's the thing in most African countries. Because every opposition leader has a party. Without Museveni, there will be no NRM. I am praying to God for me to see that day when there won't be Museveni and see the politics of that day. <laughs> Careful what you wish I'm for. Curious. You may not like it. No, no. I am not. I'm saying I want to see what it will become of NRM without Museveni. Well, uh, let's see. Wait till you're 50. <laughs> <laughs> or never. <laughs> Try and live long. You'll see that day soon. (laughs) This is the Fat Boy Show. More great music ahead.